What's up, folks? David Soto Jr. here, and this is the David Soto Jr. Podcast. What's up, folks? Welcome to episode 17 of the David Soto Jr. Podcast. I am your host, David Soto Jr., and it's kind of a... It's warm in here. It's cool out there, but it's warm in here. I actually turned the car around because the sun was over there. So now I got a good... I record his videos for YouTube. So now I don't have a bright-ass sun on me. But uh, today's been a lazy day. And the highlight was to go get some ingredients to make dinner. I'm at my friend's house and he has a kitchen. And I uh, essentially cook every time, every meal that we're here. I pretty much cook. Until tonight we're going to do... He's got some chicken in there. I don't usually do chicken breasts, but they're all pre-diced for like a stir fry so i'm going to use some uh, creamy pasta sauce and broccoli and do a kind of a pasta con broccoli but instead of pasta i'm going to put chicken con broccoli so that's going to be our supper today i want to talk about and like i said this podcast is uh for me if you get enjoyment out of it if you learn something from it great but things come up Sometimes they're selfish, sometimes they're things I want to vent about, sometimes they're things I just want to talk out loud about myself. But in this case, this is something I want to put out there in the universe. This is something I want to make an announcement, all right? And uh, I want to start saying this and let people hear it. And what it is, is I was going to title this, How to Sell a Million Books, right? How to Sell One Million Books. That's going to name the title of this episode, but it is that a question? It's kind of a question. How do you sell one million books? But I'm a fan of positive thinking. I'm a fan of uh, affirmations. So I am making the announcement, the declaration right now, is that I, David Soto Jr., sell one million books, right? I am selling one million books. I want to sell one million goddamn books, okay? First of all, I don't want to. I don't want to worry about f- finance anymore. I don't want to worry about. Uh, I want to sell a million books, and if I can do that, I'll be straight. I don't need a gazillion dollars. I don't need half a gazillion dollars. Um, if I can sell one million books, that will probably. It may not. But you know my goal is to, to, to buy a $4 million ranch up in the mountains. If I can sell 1 million books, I think average, um, that'll get me there. It'll get me pretty damn close. I'll tell you that. Um, I want to sell a million bucks. I got three rental properties right now that I want to get rid of. I want to sell them. And I'm behind. Every other asshole in this country gets to buy a house 10 years ago and is making a killing off of it, except me. I buy fucking houses in St. Louis, Missouri, and I don't make any money. They they lose value. I buy them before the whole 2008 fucking crash. While everything, in, everything else in the country bounced back from 2008's crash, my houses in piece of shit St. Louis have it. I'm a little pissed off about it. So I want to pay off, hit a million books, sell a million books. I can pay off those houses and maybe I can't afford my ranch, but I can upgrade my van to a van that fits me. 
I don't know if you noticed, but I'm six foot seven, and this goddamn van is small. All right, I need a bigger van. I'm not asking for much, just a million people to buy one of my books. Split the difference. Half million people buy two. I don't care. I just want to sell a million books. All right. So the title of this podcast is How to Sell a Million Books. And I'm going to document the process. I'm a little behind, but I'm going to document the process of me selling one million books. And so I got to start now. And like I said, I'm a little behind. But we'll start with, and I've already published two in this series, but we'll start with NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month, which was November of 2017 was when I sat down and started writing uh, fiction. Before that, I was kind of messing around with a, with a memoir. November of 2017, I started the National Novel Writing Month Challenge and worked on a, what I thought was going to be a novel called The Warrior Pierre. Pierre is the character who comes in and saves the day, so to speak. He's the hero of my first book. My first book is Los Chocolates de Esperanza Diamante. Okay? It's in English. I'm sorry I titled it in Spanish. I apologize. Los Chocolates de Esperanza Diamante is completely in English. There's a little bit of Spanish in there, but, you know, if you've read... uh, uh, Luis Alberto Urrea, you would know, you, you, I write in that kind of style. There's some Spanish in there, a little bit of here, a little bit of there. Um, words, not sentences, all right? Um, Pierre Bernard de los Campos is the hero of that book, if there's a hero. He's the male figure, all right? Book two was the whore Manesal Rivera. She does not know it. I've never met him, but she knows Pierre. And so I read the story of when they meet, basically. So after that second book, I'm like, hmm, well, I'll write the third book and it'll be all of Pierre. Like, well, so I, I had a title in mind and I was going to title it The Warrior Pierre. So NaNoWriMo comes. I'm trying to write a novel in 30 days. I fail. I fail miserably. But I'm writing. And I'm writing what ends up being several stories. Now, I know I'm going to put Pierre in Cuba. That's going to come later. But i got to get him from Panama to Cuba. And he's going to walk. So, he gets to Panama. He gets to Costa Rica. Um, I start writing the Cuba story because it's on my mind. And I got the book. and So, I read. I started writing. And when I got to my buddy's house, my buddy's cabin, a few weeks ago, I was completely isolated. Had to take a snow machine to get to his cabin. Snowmobile, snow machine. There's nobody out there. There's no internet. There's no nothing. I'm sitting down riding. And I do something. I mean, I'm looking like three hours worth of work goes by. I write on the first day. I write on the second day. And on the second day, I finish a, a, a story that's supposed to be in this novel. And I feel so good about it. It's the Cuba story. It's the one where I had to read a book, um, the only book that exists on this subject. Now, this story fi- um, 
Pierre goes to Cuba. Uh, in Cuba. He meets Fidel Castro. And uh, he gets involved in the Moncada attack in 1953, July 6th, 1953. He gets involved in it. Um, I wanted to have like this really kind of a tragic ending. There's a reason for that. Uh, if you read Los Chocolates, you know about Pierre's background. I didn't know he was going to be a character that I wrote about it. But if you read Los Chocolates, you know a lot about Pierre. And I needed to cater this story to one of those things that we learn about him in, in book one. So, when I wrote the last line of this story, which is going to be a part of the book, I was elated. I was super excited. And I was um, just, I was happy. I even made a video. There's nobody to tell. Like, I couldn't text anybody. I couldn't call anybody. I couldn't put it on social media. I couldn't do anything. I had nobody to tell, and I was so happy. I felt it. And there's this feeling that, I don't know if this happens with everybody, but there's this feeling that I get when I write the last words, and I know those are the last words of the story. This story is done. So that's what happened. I finished it. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, this is a book. It's a novella. This isn't, I, I have to publish this on its own. I want to publish this Cuba story that should have been in the book. Uh, the Warrior Pierre is now going to be in, a, in, a, in its own book. And now that I'm going to publish this as no, novella, that means that other stories that were in this book, um, they can be published together. And that will be The Warrior Pierre. So essentially what happened is, I now have four books in this series. Um, I'm working on publishing uh, this book, which is called Moncada, right? The take, it's about the Moncada attack. I entitle it Moncada. The subtitle is The Birth of a Revolution. Uh, and it's, it's going to be historical fiction. I'm going to categorize it as historical fiction on Amazon. And we're going to see what happens with, uh, with ratings, with rankings on that. So that's where I am. I finished the third book in this series. <clears throat> that's cool. Now here's the thing about about it. They're novellas. They're not thick ass, you know, five hundred page bo books. They're a hundred page books, more or less. Um, and if this dog fucking barks, my buddy came out here and he his dog is a barker. So we'll see. Um, here's the thing. They're a couple of dollars, right? I, you buy one, you want to read it, or you you read it, you enjoy it, you like it enough, then you buy the next one, right? It's a series. I never expected that I would write a four-book series, maybe a five-book series, but this is part of selling a million books. Would I like to sell a million of Los Chocolates, and then every one of those million people will have to buy the second book and third book and fourth book, and et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, but I have a better chance of selling a million books if I have more people buy multiple books. Now, this isn't a, it's not a scam, right? But this is how I write. I write short stories. And if I can stretch them out long enough, right, I can stretch them into a novella. Um, it just feels right for me to publish, publish these small books. 
if something happens someday where I get representation and I get an editor and an editor can take all these books and put them in chronological order and think that it's something, think that it's a novel, that would be great. I'll put them all in one book. But for now, I'm going to publish them as I write them. And I really feel good about this. It's mentioning Luis Alberto Borrella. You got to say it right, bro. You got to say it right. And mentioning him, I found out that he was in Denver by chance. So I went to see him and uh, I didn't have a book. I didn't have any books to give him. So I went to a Boulder bookstore and I got a book. And I said, this is my book. I want it. <laughs> it was my own book, right? And so I went to Denver and I bought his book, House of Broken Angels. And I stood in line so that he can sign it for me. And when I got to him, he's like, okay. And I, I didn't do a yellow sticky for him to sign because they, they do that for you at bookstores to make it easier for the author. Um, but I said, what I did was I slid my book over in front of him and I said, this is my name. And he read my name on Los Chocolates, on the, on, on the paperback of Los Chocolates and said, I've heard of you. Somebody, and he's thinking, he's pondering. Somebody asked me if I've read your stuff before. Very interesting. Huh. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, where was I? So you got to realize that next to Gabriel Garcia Marquez, who is now dead, um, Luis Alberto Urrea is like the, is like, it's this fucking guy in his bugle. I'm worried about his dog fucking barking and he gets on his elk bugle and starts fucking bugling. <laughs> Anyways, Luis Alberto Urrea says that somebody recommended or asked asked about me, mentioned my name before. And basically he's my hero. Uh now that Gabriel Garcia has passed away a couple of years ago. So for him to have heard that, uh heard of me somehow, uh, is pretty cool. Not only that, when I slid my book towards him, I go, Well here, now you can read it. And I gave him a copy and he's like, fucking cool, man. Which that's pretty cool. You know, I like people who say F-bombs. So he gave me, he reached in his jacket pocket and he gave me a um, business card. He said, yeah, so we can keep in touch. I'm like, all right. I already, I already fucking uh, stalk your ass on social media, but yeah, so we keep in touch. <sighs> so that's super cool. I don't know if he'll read it, but it may, maybe... He'll read it. Maybe he'll love it. Maybe he'll mention it. Who knows? Maybe he'll give me feedback. Shit, even if it's like, uh, dude, you need to, you know, make some corrections here. Um, I'm currently on my third rewrite. People call them rewrites. I call them read-throughs, whatever. But Moncada is just almost done. Um, the problem is, is the book that I read entitled The Moncada Attacks by, uh, or uh, what is his name? Uh, just say Dr. De La Cova. Rafael De La Cova. It's the only book out there on the Moncada attacks. What I thought I was doing, I thought I was taking out um, quotes 
like Fidel Castro, historical quotes from Fidel Castro. And I thought it'd be good to put that as content in my book. I thought it'd be kind of cool, kind of neat. Well, anyways, then I got kind of like cold feet. So I reached out to the author of the book and asked him about um, if I can quote a historical figure that he's quoting his book. Is that copyright infringement? Is that his... And that was kind of a, I should have just, I feel like I should have just kept my mouth shut. If you've ever heard the quote, it's easier to ask for forgiveness uh, than permission. I kind of just wish that I pressed on and kept going. Um, In the end, he kind of says, if you quote citations, right? So if I quote citations from, from his book, he said I can use them as long as they are in quotes. I'm running fiction, so all dialogue is in quotes, but I don't know. What I'm going to end up doing is going through the third read-through. So it was still cool that I got in contact with the author of this book. Very, very important book, because I wouldn't have known the history. I wouldn't, it wouldn't have been my source of historical facts that I could be able to tell this story um, about the Moncada attack and then intertwine Pierre into, into it. <clears throat> I pre- it was cool. I appreciated him reaching out, and I told him that I'd send him a copy um, when the time comes, when it's done. So I'm going to do one more. Th- I was going to do a third read-through before I get it to the proofreader. I'm going to do a third read-through, and I'm going to make sure that there is no word-for-word quotes out of his book. Um, you can't copyright historical facts, but I don't want to plagiarize uh, his stuff. Now, I-, I thought it was cool to take out quotes and I thought it would be safe but I don't know so I'm going to do that third read through and uh, the book cover is I think it's final I think the book cover is done and that's the thing uh, one of the things I'm working on you know it's part of the process is getting the book cover um, I guess I always thought I was going to write more I didn't know it was going to happen like this so this is actually my fourth book cover designed by the same person they all have the same blend the same look about them and I really like that uh, the designer I think her career took off by the, designing the book cover for Los Chocolates she designed the book cover for Los Chocolates I did it with her on um, oh that sounds weird I hired her off 99designs, and for every other book, I've hired her uh, indirectly for every other job, um, or no, directly for every other job. So from that first job, public job on 99designs, she has like broken out and gotten a lot of work. Luckily for me, she has, she feels some sense of uh, obligation because it was my book cover that she designed that got all this attention. So, I'm lucky because she stays affordable for me, and she has that taste, that same sense that goes into each book cover. Uh, we we were writing back and forth. I kind of like one, and there's a little bit of detail here, a little bit of thing here, and you know, she always has this little bit of a sense. Little, she goes, "I think I want to add this. What do you think?" And she puts it in, like, Phew, it feels great, like that feeling that the book cover is done. I get that feeling, just. Uh, looking at it when I finally when I know you know when it's done I get a feeling from it by looking at it 
up until then, like something's missing, something's missing. So it doesn't, I don't know. I mean, this looks good, but, but it, when a book cover's right, it just feels right. And so I think we're finally there with the book cover. And so that means it's on me. Book cover's taking a while, but it's done. Now it's on me. I got to do these read-throughs, these final read-throughs. I got to get the book ready to proofread. Um, and yeah, the proofreading comes after, right? Because I'm so dumb that I can't write anything on bef- until after after. I mean, I can't write anything after it comes back from the proofreader. If I write something afterwards and I've already paid the the proofreader, um, there's a good chance it's gonna have errors in it. That's how horrible at this I am. So I do all of my read-throughs. My book, I think, is final, and I'm done. And that way, when it comes back, it's ready to print. Because if I have any changes, like any story changes, any rewrites, anything, after the proofreader looks at it, I'm done. There's going to be errors in it. I just, I can't apologize. Uh, I can't, what do I want to say? I can't help it that I'm dumb when it comes to this stuff. Like, I don't know if I can improve on it because I can't write the word an, an, the preposition, right? I think I heard somebody say that. I can't write the preposition an without writing the word and. It just doesn't happen. I can't write an, oops, I can't write an without writing and. There's a couple other examples of things like that that I go through. Like, there's this, I just... I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's part of my whole mental issue, I guess. But that is, you're up to date. You are currently up to date on my process of how I'm going to sell 1 million books. All right. That's it. I felt like, how can this be worth listening to? Maybe, uh, I don't, I don't know. But I just, something was telling me that I have to put it out there that I am selling, one, I'm in the process of selling 1 million books. So far, maybe I got like a 100 and something down. A lot more to go, all right? So, if you want to check out my books, you can uh, Google me, David Soto Jr. You can go to Amazon and type in David Soto Jr. You can go to my website, David Soto Writes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. At DavidSotoJr.com. I hate when I do that. See, I get so excited. At David E. Soto Jr. Jr. on Twitter and on Instagram. At David E. Soto Jr. on Twitter or on Instagram. Reach out to me. I'll send you a link to my books if you want to buy one. But it's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble too. But I I don't know if I'm gonna. I'll keep those chocolates there. The other ones aren't there. They're all exclusive to Amazon in paperback in Kindle. And, uh, hell, if you want to read those chocolates for free, you go to the website, go to davidsodorwrites.com. You can read it for free. Um, but my plan is that you like it so much that you buy the next book because you want to find out what happens. But this, it goes out of order. I can't explain how I wrote these books, people. I can't explain it. I basically wrote the last one first. Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction type stuff. All right, folks, that's it for me. I appreciate you tuning in. My name is David Soul Jr. I'm selling 1 million books. I will talk to you later. Thanks.